Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? It's Jeremy Brennan here with another episode of Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. I wish I had a better reason to come on and talk to you guys today. The Rockets could not get it done for the third summer league game in the row, but we're still going to chop up Rockets with you guys. I've got my co-pilot Michael Brown on here with me up on stage. Mike, not the result we wanted, but what are your thoughts? Just quick thoughts about tonight. Uh, always good to be on with you, my dude. Of course. Um, scary. I mean, it's based on what Silas said about Jalen Green, it's positive. But I, I would be lying to you and our listeners if I told you my heart sank when I saw him walking gingerly. It just, it's it wasn't definitely good the uh, like worst case scenario, like asteroid hitting the Earth kind of bad yeah no it's it's up there it's and you know what you know what's so funny jeremy is watching this game tonight you see how good he is like without him this team is awful like, he's bringing the rockets back into the game no yeah but like josh christopher nice player on his own you know kj martin nice player like but you see what he does even uh, Sangoon, you know, I mean, it took the broadcasting team three and a half quarters to, you know, pronounce Sangoon's name right. So um, that was interesting. But, um, you know, he wasn't nearly as effective without Jalen Green. He just makes everybody better. You could tell and the team was taking a step back when Jalen Green was not on the court. Three and a half steps back. Not even a step. I mean, it's drastic. I mean, Toronto's nice. Why? Okay, let me ask you this question. Let's get this out of the way. Why is Precious Achua playing summer league ball? He's a second-year player. He hasn't played in summer league. I mean, I he's get playing it. with the Raptors. It's a new team for him. I mean, okay. I'm just saying, like that dude can just straight up ball. Like he has nothing left to prove. It was a good test tonight for Shangoon to have an oh, yeah. NBA player who also has a lot of upside in in Achua. It was a good matchup for him, and I do think that there were mo- – it's definitely the best player Shangun's gone up against one-on-one in the last three games, but I think – I think Alp, uh, I think he held his own on some of the – on some of those head-to-head matchups tonight. Not the best we've seen from him, too, only nine points, but 11 rebounds for Alp tonight, 14 from Josh Christopher, led the team – although it took him 18 shots to get to 14 points. Not a very efficient night for Josh Christopher, who, like, he had a hard time uh, getting any offense generated. And I think also part of that, too, was the fact that the Raptors' summer league team is really good, and they have some NBA guys there, Achua being one of them. They have Malachi Flynn, who played in the NBA last season, was in uh, Rookie of the Month for the month of April. They've got a nice little squad there. Freddie Gillespie, also an ex-NBA guy who played there last season. So 
Look, the Raptors were a good test for the Rockets tonight, and it's a good litmus test to really figure out where this team is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I, I noticed little things tonight that I haven't noticed in the first two games without Jalen Green on the court. Like, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, he's got to fix his Josh, jump shot is Josh Christopher. It's too long. He got his three, uh, what, he was one of nine from the three-point line, and two of his threes were blocked. And if you watch his shot, it's too long. Like, it takes him way too long to get his shot up. Did you notice that tonight at all or no? Yeah. Like, he's got, like, a little wind-up to his shot. He's got that, like, Armani Brooks needs to get with Josh Christopher and teach him how to get that quick release off. Uh, so, like, things like that. Sangoon, or Sangoon, going up against a guy like Precious Achua is a big litmus test. You're right. And it's only going to get harder. Um no, I will say this. I will say this is the silver lining for me tonight with Jalen Green. I imagine we're going to spend a majority of the show talking about Jalen Green. Don't you feel like, obviously, I never want anybody to get hurt, ever, period, end of story. But he's shown enough, right? Like, would I like to win the Summer League? Yes. We have much bigger fish to fry for this team this year. If we don't see any more Jalen Green after today guy. in Vegas, we got, we've got plenty. Like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to be grateful for the uh, for the two steaks and I guess a little side dish that he gave us tonight. <laughs> and, what kind of uh, what kind what kind of steak though? I, I prefer fillet. Okay, yeah, it's, it, he, he, I was, think, he was I a think ten he's ounce fillet. fillet kind of work. And tonight was like I guess like some real nice mashed potatoes, lobster mashed potatoes perhaps with a. Uh... So so okay here here we go. Um, okay, this is, this is the analogy, we'll, we'll give it, and then we'll move on. Uh, All right. Sunday was the lobster, Tuesday was the steak, mm-hmm. and today was the, uh, the butter they put on the side. Oh, interesting. No, I'm with it. The garlic I'm, butter. Oh, yeah, stop, I'm hungry. We need a steakhouse to sponsor us. Yeah, we do, right after the brewery. Um, Papa Steakhouse, get oh us up. We love, we'd love for you to sponsor us. Somebody call Uncle Tillman and tell one of his 600 restaurants that we could use a sponsor. Have you been? Um, yeah, that's that's. Have you been to Trulux? I have. Good foot. Good solid. I, I like it there. I'm gonna yeah. probably try to get there. Steakhouse. Houston. Steakhouse that is vastly underrated in the city of Houston is uh, Shula's Steakhouse downtown. Mm. Phenomenal. Uh you know who else was phenomenal tonight? My boy Matt Hurt. Matt Hurt did play his mm. best game out of the three, although limited action, only 10 minutes. But it was the best 10 minutes I think he's played in Vegas so far. Yeah. he um, He's an interesting guy, man. Like, he's got good size. He's 6'9", spread the floor. I don't know if he's NBA ready. I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think there's way Well, he's many... a two-way player, so he does right. have uh, – he will be with the team this year should he stay with that contract. And to me, I don't necessarily think he's done enough to lose the position, but tonight was the reason why you give a two-way contract to a guy like Matt Hurt, because with some seasoning, Matt Hurt could be a guy that has a long NBA career, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some cooking. It's going to take some seasoning. I'm hungry, if you can't tell. Yeah, same. Um, no, he he's really... He's an anomaly for me, man. Like, I, I love his shooting ability, but 
but I don't know how else he can impact the team. Um, like you look at the thing about this year's team is the talent is going to rise to the top, right? Cream rises to the top. Kevin Porter Jr., you know, Jay Sean, Tate, KJ Martin, DJ Augustine, like the guys on the court are going to have a very specific purpose. Matt Hurt, I don't know what his purpose would be, but he's a guy I don't want to lose, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want him to go anywhere else. They have him under contract. I think he could use some time in the in the G League for sure, and that's the type of contract he signed to. Absolutely. And, and that goes for a lot of these guys. I think tonight was kind of some, in a way, bring us back to earth a little bit and remind ourselves that, yes, as as much as we want to win. So, like, look, the team should be pissed that they lost tonight. They played terribly. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Like, that might have been the most sloppy uh, showing of basketball that I've seen in my life. Like, they they needed – you know what they needed, Mike, tonight? You know oh. what? You know who needs to sponsor the Rockets Summer League Vegas team? Red Bull. Or Hulls or something. They need, yeah. They need, like, they need a cough drop because they kept coughing the ball up tonight. 19 turnovers is not going to win you it out there was a floor general it makes sense like when you watch the game there's nobody on the court that is a true floor general like josh christopher is not a guy yet that i want to have i want him to have the ball on his and hands tonight prove that tonight prove that exactly. christopher is not like the right. floor general type of player and that's okay no. he doesn't need to be he needs to be like more of a combo guard who is prioritizing defense more than offense and I think that is his route like you know Rafael Stone has like told him before they even drafted him they said uh can you go be can you go be our Drew Holiday can you become our Drew Holiday that's that's the kind of player they're looking for Josh Christopher to become and Drew Holiday there is an archetype like him on almost every championship team. And if Josh Christopher can be that for the Rockets, then that's what they need him to be. And and look, Drew Holiday is an above average to really good uh, ball handler. And Christopher is going to have to, you know, up that part of his game up amongst, you know, he has to, he has to improve on all aspects of his game as all the rookies do. But uh, I think, Christopher in that floor general role. That's why Drew Holiday fits so well in Milwaukee is because he didn't need to bring up the ball every time. He has Chris Middleton to back him up. He has Giannis to back him up. So he doesn't need to be that, you know, primary ball handler. And yes, the Rockets um, summer league, summer league team is, I think designed by like that. It's, it's designed on purpose to be like that because it's supposed to give Christopher and green that opportunity to be that floor general when they do have those awkward lineups. And tonight was a night where we saw that. So um, I, for me with Josh Christopher, obvi- I think it's his worst night of the three, but I don't want to put a lot of concern pushed on because of tonight's performance. Yeah, I totally agree. I think positives from tonight that I want to talk about real quick, get your take on. KJ Martin has improved, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's a legitimate. I'm not going to go as far to say a cornerstone of this roster, but he's important. 
Like, he's a guy that causes matchup nightmares for other teams with his athleticism. Um, love what I've seen from KJ. Um, are you on that same wavelength, or, or what are your thoughts? KJ was not the reason why the Rockets lost tonight. I'll put it that way. He was a minus yeah. two. Yeah. And, I, and the Rockets needed KJ in order to not completely, uh, you know, fall fall off the wagon. Right. And awesome. I, I'm, very po- I, I'm very positive about KJ's development in Vegas. To be honest, like, even, even after last game, I thought he's played three really good games so far. Oh. I don't know why we're, we need KJ in Summer League, to be honest. But I do think, now that I think about it, the he's there, I think, more to make Josh Christopher feel comfortable. He's played with Josh Christopher before. He's played with Jalen Green before. I think that's why he's there more than anything at this point. Uh, you know, I think he's looking for, like, his hammer, that, you know, that highlight play that we talked a little bit on Tuesday about. But at this point, like, K, I think KJ fills that purpose more than him actually developing on his own. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think that I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think the Rockets have accomplished exactly what they wanted to as a whole in Vegas already. Um, I think that outside of Garuba, first of all, Garuba is a lot bigger than I thought he was. Like yeah, that we'll talk kid, Garuba after you finish this point. Yeah, that that dude is massive. But I think between do want to talk about uh, Shangoon, Christopher, and Green. Like you've you've justified, I guess this is a better way to put it. They have justified their draft picks with those three guys. They and have also, displayed enough to reflect why they took these guys, you know, and how they're going to impact the roster. Yeah, and and summer league is about getting these guys who have played in four totally different situations last year to kind of work together and. We got, we got all four of them on the court at one point tonight for maybe about a minute. It was beautiful. I tweeted about it from Dream Shake SBN. It was, it was like absolutely everything we wanted from this. But uh, I will say this. If Alperin Shingun is dishing no-look dimes to KJ Martin, I want to actually pick on this play because you can look at it like, okay, yeah, it was a real nice play. But I want to kind of look into that a little bit more and kind of show you uh, why I think that play is significant, more significant than it meets the eye. Let's the go. fact that these guys, first of all, two weeks ago at this time, Shangun was getting drafted by the Rockets. So he wasn't even part of the Rockets, you know, two and a half weeks ago. And he doesn't speak, he, he speaks what, you said nine words of English last episode? Maybe yeah. now he's up to, you know, maybe he's maybe he's learning a little bit more, but at the same, but he's learning more about his teammates more. And the fact that he's able to trust that pass, that he doesn't even have to look and he knows that KJ is there, that to me was like, okay, we're solid now. That these guys are comfortable playing with each other, especially with Shangun, because we know that KJ is comfortable playing with Christopher. We know they're comfortable playing with Jalen Green, but Alperin Shangun, who they are extremely high on the fact that they traded two first round picks. I know it's going to take a long for those, a long time for those to convey, but two first round picks to go and get this guy. They really, really like him and they really value him. And the first two games were exactly why the team went and got him. And for him to be able to trust his teammates and know 
you know, where these guys are at that given moment in time is is pretty significant in my opinion. And that to me was one of those signs that says, okay, you know, the Rockets have had a successful summer league regardless of, you know, the outcomes and such. Yeah, Shangoon is is special. He also I mean, had that no look pass yeah. from behind his head that went absolutely yeah, nowhere. Which I mean, that that was a very summer league like play. I've yeah. seen a couple of those in other games. I'm not sure how much summer league you've seen outside of the Rockets, but we've definitely gotten our fair share of gaffes. And Shaqton a fool could have oh, yeah. an hour long special with just plays in the summer league from the past four days. But yeah. I think I look. It's a mixed bag tonight, especially tonight. More more duds than studs in terms of plays. But overall, like, I think Shangun, like, one game is not going to, like, make me do a 180 about any of these guys. No, but he... The potential's there. The, no, they've proven God. That. And they, they can't erase that, at least right now. Maybe they'll erase that if they're playing like this, you know, in the regular season consistently. Right. But also, this is only one game. They can come out in the next game and absolutely light it up. And they, we get the Rockets from game one and game two back in game four. Yeah, the thing about what I've seen through three games, regardless of what happened to Jalen Green tonight, is I am absolutely fired up for a training camp. Like, the, this, you take the, the, the players from this team that are going to get minutes with the main roster, this is going to be a fun team. You know, Sam Mitchell and, and, and Greenberg were talking about it tonight. Mitchell's convinced this is not a playoff team, but they are going to play with some teams. The Rockets, on paper, have the ability to play in multiple different types of ways. They can run and gun. They can they will clamp you up. Now, it's got to convey, you know, that it has to translate into, you know, NBA games. You know, you can't just look at this roster and say, oh, they're going to do this. They can do that. No, they actually have to show it. But, Jeremy, this team is going to light it up this year. I'm telling you. And 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 Shangun, I feel like you're not wrong. You're early on Shangun saying he's going to be an all-star before he's 25. But that's six years from now. He absolutely could be. The talent is there. He's got to put it all together. Yeah, but I think tonight proved, you know, how how far these guys actually have to go. And yeah. I don't – I'm still not with you on this whole I think they can compete for the playoffs this year. I, I need to I need to see some regular season work before I, before I can say that. But what sure. I will say is this. I do think that this team can be a team that can play spoiler if they're healthy and they're playing a team – like – the Rockets will be a trap game for a lot of teams next season and probably the season after that. And that is a good sign. That is a good place to be when you are not a good team. If sure. You're not a good team that might not overall win a lot of games, but if you can sneak in and get a win on the road against a team that is fighting for a playoff spot and is actually trying to play their, their best, their best basketball of the season, I think those are the good signs moving forward. And I think the Rockets could trap a lot of teams next season if they're not careful enough. They're absolutely going to. And I, and I say this because you look at the standings from last year, there are five teams that did not make the playoffs in the West last year. That's the Thunder, the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Pelicans, and the Rockets. 
you're going to have a really hard time convincing me that the Rockets don't have a chance to be better than all five of those teams. And the 10th place team to make it in was San Antonio. San Antonio does not scare San me. San Antonio is the one team out of all of those teams that you've mentioned that I feel the least confident about. But that's the thing. Is that I think so... Minnesota, but I, but I do think that Minnesota is better than them. I do think Sacramento is going to be better than them. I do mm-hmm. think New Orleans is going to be better than them. I know they've lost uh, Lonzo, but I do think they are still better than the Rockets. I, I think the Rockets are still going to have, you know, a tough time. Uh, I mean, look, sure. health permitting, like if the Rockets could stay, if the Rockets can stay really healthy, they will, and, and other teams struggle with those injuries, then yeah, I could, I could see a scenario where the Rockets are flirting with the potential 10 seed. But at this point, like, it's still too early for me to say that. And also at the same time, They haven't proven enough to mean they are a playoff team this season. Maybe give me 25 games into the season, then maybe we can look. But the thing is, the team that we see now versus the team we see 25 games into the season are going to be two totally different units. It's, you know, right now we, like, it's easy for you to say that, Mike, because they haven't lost a game yet. And right now they are tied for first place going into next season. So it's easy to say that. And, and we are very, you know, very high on their talent. And But the thing is, every team is extremely talented. This is the most talented the whole league has been because the game is global now. The game, the, the NBA is not just players from the States. And it's not just a few players uh, from overseas. It's a, there's a, there's a good contingency of players coming from overseas. One being Usman Garuba, who made his Rockets debut tonight. Not a very pleasant performance on the uh, on the box score. Only 12, 12 minutes, uh, no points, minus 18, but six rebounds. But at this point, for me, I got to give Garuba a mulligan on this. The fact that he's even playing in Summer League right now is surprising me because he played in Tokyo. He was with Spain. He was actually getting minutes on a very talented Spanish roster that featured multiple NBA players. And then, so he went from Japan to Spain. He lands in Vegas about 5.30 p.m. on, uh, was it Wednesday? And he's playing in a game at 5 p.m. on Thursday. So he probably hasn't been through a practice with these guys. He's playing with a bunch of strangers, jet lag beyond belief. And he's played a lot of basketball in the last month. So for me, it, it's really, you can't get a good gauge of Garuba tonight based on his performance. But is there anything that you did see, Mike, that you thought, okay, there's something here? You did mention his size. Yeah, he's a freak. He's a he's built like a, like a tank. Um, I'll tell you what I really like about Garuba tonight is that he's active. You know, I mean, you can tell defensively he's got a knack for the ball. There was times throughout the game he's diving on the floor like he is a dog with a capital D. And he's the type of guy, and you and I have discussed him at length on previous shows, that he's he, – he and Daniel Tice are going to be catalysts defensively for this team. I feel like Garuba is going to get a lot of minutes. Now – his offensive game has to improve because he has none. I mean, he is literally starting with bare minimum. 
I mean, he can dunk. I mean, there's some really nice video of him dunking, uh, but he's got to develop some sort of shot, which I think it'll come. You know, I think at bare minimum, he's got to become a 30% three-point shooter. Um, and I feel like he will take another step forward. He's dangerous defensively, though, man. He will lock you up. And I liked what I saw from him tonight. In his post-game press conference, he's talking about he's exhausted. And I, I can imagine. But he wanted to play. And that speaks to his character. And I think that also speaks to something greater. A guy like Usman Garuba, guys like Josh Christopher, guys like Jalen Green, Raphael Stone and, and Steven Silas have a very, very direct uh, type of guy they're looking for this team. They got to be able to work their butt off. You know, they don't want any egos in the, in the locker room. Come in, shut your mouth, do what the coaches tell you to do, and play as hard as you can. And Usman Garuba fits that mold to a T. Yeah, you know, it was nice to see Garuba tonight, even though we really did not get, you know, him at his 100%. But I did like the fact that he was still willing to go out there. And I guess that kind of shows with the Rockets, uh, kind of, you know, what they what they think of him and just kind of getting him out there. You know, really, the Rockets didn't really have anything to lose by playing him tonight, I guess you could say, you know, they could risk injury, but they didn't play him very much. They only played him 12 minutes. So he was able to get his feet wet, get to get a feel of the players. I think him, even with, even with, um, with Jalen out for most of the game, it, it wasn't like that hindered his performance or it really like ensured that it, it, it didn't make his, his appearance, um, like, it didn't veto it, I guess, or it didn't, like, make mm-hmm. it null and void. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I hope that the Rockets gain something from playing Garuba tonight. That's that's all that I hope for, because if the Rockets really just threw him out there, because, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. Like, there's not one play that sticks out to me from Garuba tonight that makes me think, oh, like, wow. And, I'm, and that's okay. Like, we didn't really, we didn't need that tonight, but... It was just – it was nice that he was able to play. That That's yeah. really all that I have to say. And that's unfortunate because yeah. I wish I could say more. But but for right now, this is all we got, and that's going to have to be okay. Well, one thing about him, though, moving forward, yes, everything you said is spot on. But he's going to do things on the court that are not going to make you say, wow. You know, not you, but the average fan is not going to check ESPN and say, whoa – did you see what Garuba did last night? You know, outside of, you know, a crazy dunk on a, you know, on a fast break. He's the, he's the dog. You know, he's the guy that's going to do the dirty work. He's the guy who's going to get on the floor. He's going to lock up, you know. he's They're going to task him with guarding guys like Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. And he may be asked to, you know, guard guys. Maybe not like John Morant because I don't think he's quick enough. But those bigger forwards, you know that like to, to bang on the inside. When they play uh, New Orleans, he's going to be tasked with guarding Zion Williamson. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think moving forward, a realistic expectation for Garuba is not a anything that stands out. It's, you know, is he performing the role of – he's going to be one of the this team's three best defenders. I mean, Nawaba, him, and – Tate 
You know, like those yeah. three guys you're going to look to. Now, I will say this, and, and I know we've got some other stuff to talk about, but Garuba's role on this team, does it in any way affect your willingness to look at Tate or Jay Sean Tate and keep him long-term? Like, are those guys too similar of players? I think Tate is more has more offensive games, so I think you could find a role for both of them. But they both have that similar body type. You're going to ask them to do similar things. So I wonder if Garuba's uh, trajectory in any way affects Jayshon Tate's trajectory on this roster and with this organization. Well, they do have similar, I guess, Mm -hmm. archetypes, if you will. And I don't know how many lineups really makes sense with both of them in it, which is unfortunate, you know, to kind of say I, but also at the same time, I do think the Rockets want to incorporate both of them. Mm -hmm. Like I do like for right now, I don't think it's very wise to play both of them at the same time, just because unless, unless Jay Sean Tate has a massive improvement on his three point shot or group Hopefully, both of them are able to improve their three-point shot. We did see a couple of three-point attempts from from Garuba tonight. Chengun as well, who also needs to uh, get those three-point percentages up. But it's it's going to be difficult to play two non-shooters on the floor at the same time, even when you do have Jalen Green and Kev, Kevin Porter Jr. Because the thing with that is, if you put two non-shooters on the floor and you and you put Jalen Green on the floor. Obviously, Jalen Green's going to win the score. Obviously, Kevin Porter's going to win the score. And you need to have somewhat of an unpredictability about your offense in the NBA. It can't just be okay. We're going to go with uh, we're going to go with Green every time. We're going to go with Porter every time because teams eventually figure you out. And I don't think that it's I, I, to me it's going to be difficult for the two of them to both see playing time. And I'm not saying get rid of Jayshon Tate because that, that'd be foolish at this point. You know, both of them are kind of they're, – they're very – they're on different timelines as well, Jayshon Tate being 25, 26, and Garuba only being 19. So Garuba's going to have time to develop. And the Rockets just need to have patience with these guys. If the Rockets have enough patience with these guys and then they eventually get to a point where all of these guys are finally on the same page, they're getting better, then – I'm I'm game with that. They have time, and yep. it's gonna be like, and that's part of what I why I think the Rockets are not gonna necessarily be uh, a playoff contender this year, and because they do need some time to cook. You know, it's it's very rarely does a team have this much optimism this quickly, but they need to be able to grow on the court together. They need to be able to go through these growing pains, and hopefully these growing pains don't last too long because I know that. I'm ready to see winning basketball again. But for me, I do think that this team needs a little bit more cooking. Yeah. I, it's perfectly put. I, <clears throat> it just makes me question the viability of both of the guys on, because you make a, you make a great point that if you're going to have both of them on the, on the court at the same time, you got to surround them with a lot of scoring. Like a, a lineup I would love to see would be something like Wood. Garuba, Tate, Kevin Porter Jr., and Jalen Green. And the thing is, we hardly ever have a lineup that does not have 
like more than one non-shooter. Like you can afford to have one non-shooter on the floor with you at, at all time, but you can't afford to have two non-shooters on the floor. Yeah, it, and that's it's a testament to what you said that you know if if Tate, you look at last year, Tate shot you know thirty one percent from the three point line. If he could improve that to like thirty seven percent, you know somewhere then maybe you can park, afford to play exactly. both of them. Right, and that's that development's not coming from Garuba this year, but it could no. come from Tate. It, it could. That's that's the last piece of Tate's game that I think needs. I mean, this is a guy who was an all-rookie last year. Uh, the kid can flat-out play. That's the last aspect of his game, though, that he has to dramatically improve on. You know, the ball handling can improve, um, obviously, but I think that's still good enough. Like, he showed enough last year. He can get to the rim whenever he wants. Um, but if he can become that three-point shooter and allow Garuba to just be on the court to be a menace on the defensive end, this team can do some things this year. You ready to head to the audience? I was born ready, Mister Brenner. All right, we'll do we'll do a couple of these, maybe two or three max. But we're gonna bring our good old buddy. Oh well, I guess he's gone. DJ Stevo is here, but it appears that he has left the building. He gone like Elvis. DJ Stevo oh. has left the building. But if anyone else would like to come up and speak, feel free to hit that speaker request button down at the bottom of your screen and come and join. Mike and me, me and Mike, up on stage to chop up some rockets. Talk. It is, you know, it, or also we can we can clock out early, uh, so uh, we don't need the company. But we would really appreciate it. Uh, the, uh, we're a little more military now. Are you an Are you an Elvis fan? Now that you know, he was born before I was, or he died before I was born. Okay. Yes, I'm fully aware of that. Look, thank you, I, I thank you, Jeremy. Be honest, I know you're I'll not be honest, Mike. I'm not. Old, yes, I, and I might. I'm. I'm worried about saying this because I do know that we do have listeners, and I might get chastised on the internet over this. But yeah. I wouldn't call myself like a music fan. Like I'm really not like very attached to like a s- certain artist. I-, I listen to podcasts more than music anyway, and I guess that's just how I'm wired and. Maybe that sure. makes me weird, but I'm just not like a big music guy. Like, well, you're you're weird to, for plenty of other reasons. I haven't but yes, been to I like a big concert. Like, what? no, I really haven't been to like a, a concert concert. Like ever? I've been to a couple. Like, like I've been to shows, but I haven't really been to like a concert. Like shows. Give me your favorite show or concert you've ever been to one band i would go see in concert 100 percent is coldplay okay i That's love fair. coldplay and coldplay is overrated but to each their own all right well that now we're really gonna have to end the show now oh my god okay fine uh, <laughs> let me ask you let me ask you this and if we're not, we don't have any speaker requests i do want to talk about this real quick um what do you feel like happens to this roster if they do find a trade partner for John Wall. Because there's been some stories out there that, you know, I still think he starts the year, unfortunately, on the roster. But I'm just curious, do you feel like the one of the reasons that they haven't made a John Wall move as of yet is because I, they just have too many guys on the roster. And I don't know what you would do if you had to bring back three guys. Can you create two roster spots? Do you have any thoughts on 
what that would potentially well that's also that's also part of it that 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 what you just said is reason to further that that's a reason against the john wall trade at this point Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be difficult to to do that regard it's gonna have to be look if they really wanted to move wall they're gonna have to get super creative with it or they're gonna have to buy him out and at this point buying him out when he has uh, I guess like ninety to hundred million on his deal still with two years left, it's just not worth it. Like, I, I know, I know it, it's a lot easier for us to say, hey, like, yeah, let's buy him out because he's not can, he's not going to be our main contributor on our winning team. But it's a lot easier to say that when it's not your money. Like we're we're giving basically the buyout is I'm gonna pay you millions of dollars to not play for my team. That's basically what a buyout is, and at this point, like, I don't, I can't imagine like paying John Wall like fifty million dollars to say, "Hey, here's fifty million dollars to not play for us." Like that to me is just not like it, it, to Tillman. It's an absolute no because it's his money, uh, or it's you know the team's money, but it's you know it just doesn't like that's not worth it in my opinion. Well, you're paying them millions and millions of dollars, but it's also compared to what you would be paying them as a member of the Rockets over the next two years. And at that um, point, like, at that point, I'd rather him at least be on the team and he can offer some of that veteran guidance that a couple of rookies could use as just a hooper, like a player. And it's a different, it's a different kind of thing because, yes, you have the coaches and, yes, you have, you know, like the front office and all of that, but it's different when a player – is in in the trenches with you. You're you're going to war with them every night. Like you learn a lot more from that. And if you take John Wall away from that, you take Eric Gordon away from that. The team doesn't really have like an established veteran outside of those guys. I honestly, after those guys, I want to say that David No. Oh no no, at DJ Augustine. Well, yeah, I was about but to say after, like, after DJ about Augustine. Well, I guess take away DJ Augustine and Eric Gordon, class of 08, then John Wall, class of 2010. I think the next uh, oldest player on the team, if I'm not mistaken, is it? I guess it's it, Daniel Tice. Yeah, Daniel Tice or Christian. But Daniel Wood. Tice has only been in the league for a few years because he started overseas. So yeah. I'm thinking it, it's probably David Nwaba. <laughs> you are Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I, I mean, at this point, I, I probably am. But um, no, so, yeah, I, it's a, uh, it's it's definitely. I think there are more cons than pros to buying out John Wall with two years left on the deal. With one year left on the deal, I think there are more pros than cons. I think that buyout is coming a year from now. So this year, you're going to have to let John Wall be on the team. They'll probably shut him down halfway through the year anyway, and you enjoy one more year of John Wall. That's all you got. And then after that, because here's what I'm thinking. I've been talking about this for a few days now, I guess, in, in podcasts, in rooms, outside of podcasts, outside of rooms. I think the plan is you, you play Eric Gordon this season and you really hope he ups his value enough to get him traded away. And you hope someone takes him. Because he only has yeah. two years left that have guaranteed money. And and by the time you trade him, it might be a year and a half. Yeah, and after if they can get rid of if they can wait until next season, you also have some roster spots that could potentially open up. Yeah, so so, so my that does make sense. That when it comes to Josh Christopher, Josh Christopher is the one who's going to suffer the most probably because 
he's on the roster. I do think DJ Augustine probably you look for a trade for him this year, and you also look for a trade for Eric Gordon. Then that opens up minutes for Christopher, but you still have John Wall in the mix. But by the time you get to the offseason, then you buy out John Wall, and now you're at a point where you have uh, – and then, and then you sign a, a veteran point guard that doesn't necessarily have to play that can be like a mentor for Christopher, for uh, you know KPJ, for Jalen. And uh, you can sign Bobby Brown for all I care. <laughs> the uh, might not yeah. be a terrible signing considering he was an ex-teammate of of Greens at at, at the Ignite, but I think the I will plan say this is for Christopher to be the first guard off the bench or the yeah. second guard off the bench uh, next season. Not I'm this little, season; it's going to be difficult for him. I'm a little upset that we don't have an open roster spot for the mayor of Houston, Gerald Green. Um, but I do want to make reference before we wrap up that. It looks like Jalen Green's going to have to have an MRI on his hamstring, and I'm going to be a mess until we know. Okay, what. but at the same time, I like, hate what's it. the abs- like you saw, like we saw the injury. What's the absolute worst that Listen, injury could possibly be? You understand, though, that real. this okay, but this city, we have not, di- we don't, we have not had enough therapy to deal with hamstring injuries as a whole for the city of Houston. Okay, but at the same time, like, so, that injury is, I guarantee you, if it's a strain, it's probably, like, a grade one strain, and that's Dr. Jeremy coming with my oh. very important medical opinion. But okay. that injury did not look to be, at, like, super, super serious. Worst case scenario, he doesn't play the rest of Summer League, and two months from now, when the real games actually count, he'll be healthy. I understand that. Just under, just realize that, you know, maybe throw a text your, you know, my way, you know, when it's, you know, noted that he's going in for the MRI. I, I think Rockets fans are going to, you know, possibly light a candle or, or say a little prayer. That's all I'm going to so throw out there. Basically, what we're saying is Rockets fans, Red Nation, you can go about this one of two ways. <laughs> you can be like Mike. Okay. You can, you can, you know, pray to your higher power. And you can hope that Jalen Green did not, um, you know, kill his hamstring. If that hamstring is resting in pieces, then I don't know what to say. I don't think that it's that bad. And like Mike, like look, understand what you just 10, did though. You scale just of one to ten, how concerned are you? Scale of one to ten, how concerned are you, Mike? Two point four five. On that, like a a two. Okay. It's not like, but that's out of ten. That's out of ten. Like, really, worst case scenario, he doesn't play these next two summer league games that don't count towards a champion, a real championship. But you I understand mean, that this is going to take away from our ability then to host a parade in the city of Houston for a summer league championship. You, you know what? That. I'd rather have a real parade than a fake one. Okay. Well, you're the one pushing that 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 parade. Hey. You know what? Just saying. I, I did, and I will. I will fully accept that. It's a okay. really unfortunate. The Rockets will not win summer league, and they should be mad about the loss. I'm not happy that we lost tonight. Absolutely not. You, no one should be happy that we lost tonight. But at the same time, we put this game behind us. We learn from what we get, and we have to, you know, take the best opportunity forward into Sunday's game against the Magic. That to me is is how you you treat this and you try to win that championship. You that every game should be a championship game for the Rockets. Don't 
treat any game like it isn't a game seven of the NBA finals. That to me is how I would, if I were an NBA player, that's how I would go in every game. It's a good mindset to have because you feel like you need to win every single game. If you go in every game thinking it's a game seven. You're a hundred percent spot on, but no, I mean, I'm I'm not overly concerned about it. I'm just, I'm a little concerned. I'm not a little. And you can't, and and look, I'm, I'm concerned a little bit too. I mean, obviously like if, you know, if he is, if this is like a strain and, you know, he rushes it back, you know, then that's, that's a concern. Um, but I, I do think that the Rockets are going to be very, very careful. Like, I do think Jalen Green probably thought tonight and was like, okay, you know, I, I'd like to get back in this game. But also, Jalen knows that, you know, this is summer league. And look, he's proven all he needs to prove at this point. So yeah. I think it's a good time for our final segment of the show, something we've been uh, really hyping up the last couple of episodes. But uh, Mike Brown, you know what time it is. Listeners, you guys know what time it is. It is time for the mic drop. Mike gets a minute of unfiltered, uh, uninterrupted conversation with the listeners. So, Michael Brown, the floor is yours. Your one minute starts now. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, welcome to another episode or another rendition of the mic drop. Um, you can catch me at BSW Podcast underscore MV if you disagree with this sentiment. Um, but I'm going to come out there and say this. Anybody who straight puts up mayonnaise on sandwiches, you're disgusting. I don't get mayonnaise on a sandwich. I find it awful. I don't understand. People are like, oh, Mike, how do you not like mayonnaise? Like, what do you put mayonnaise on what type of sandwich where it actually tastes good? You ever tried mayonnaise on a turkey sandwich? It's awful. You try and combine mayonnaise with American cheese or Swiss cheese, it's awful. It's just downright disgusting. I haven't heard one person that can actually make a case for why mayonnaise exists on sandwiches. It's absolutely awful. So if you would like to change my mind, catch me at BSW Podcast underscore MD. Make your uh, case for mayonnaise belonging on a sandwich. If you convince me, I'll send you $10 via Venmo. So that is tonight's rendition of the mic drop. If you put mayonnaise on your sandwich straight up, you're probably a serial killer, and it's disgusting. Back to you, Jeremy Brenner. And that's why we call it the mic drop. I've got no words. (laughs) But uh, I guess the next words that will come out of my mouth is that this is a good time to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take. We are, as of this recording... We are just four followers away from the dream take. Uh, We are about to go to black in about a minute. So let's see if by the time we end this podcast, we can get to 500. So go follow us on Twitter at the dream take. You can also follow us at dream shake SBN. We've had a lot of engagement over there over the past couple of days. So we cannot thank you enough. So you can go follow those two Twitter accounts. You can also head to our website at, thedreamshake.com home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We'll be back on Sunday to recap the fourth Summer League contest between the Rockets and the Magic and then we have one more Summer League game after that and then we'll be kind of back on our off-season schedule that's to be determined but we will get back to you when we know the details. Be sure to follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown, at 
BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the Dream Pick. And until next time, go Rockets. Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.